0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special JT Media Weekly Update. I am Jack. Uh, Tommy will be joining us shortly. Um, As for right now, I'm going to be covering UFC 241. Uh, It won the most votes on memorable Monday. We actually had to go to a tiebreaker vote. It was tied with City versus Spurs, which I'll also be covering just because it was that close. Uh, And then after I do that, Tommy will be joining us and... We'll get our all-time greatest NFL roster. That'll be fun. So here we go. Uh, UFC 241, Daniel Cormier, Steve Bimiocic, fantastic. I'm not going to start with that fight, though. I'm going to start with Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Really fun fight. Uh, we were all looking uh, uh, forward to this to the, to this fight. Two really big middleweights, uh, and I was really looking forward to uh, seeing them fight, and it, it lived up to the hype. It really did. Paulo Costa won rounds 1 and 2. Yolo Romero took round 3. A lot of people said Romero took the fight. I don't really, I don't really know about that. I had Costa winning, but it was a very good fight. Uh, and I really am looking forward to seeing what's next for Paulo Costa. He said he wants Israel Adesanya. I could really see that fight happening uh, after the Whitaker fight. But he's definitely going to get the next title shot. Whether it's Whitaker or Adesanya, it's going to be great. In the coming event, Nick Diaz, or Nate Diaz, my bad, not Nick, uh, Nate Diaz returned to face Anthony Pettis. I thought Nate Diaz wasn't taking this fight this seriously. I thought he was a little, he was a little slow. He proved me wrong and completely dominated Anthony Pettis, and it looks like a uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz fight is being set up. So that should be really fun. And then in the main event, Steve Miocic fought Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title very, I was, uh, I was so pumped for this fight. Daniel Cormier round one dominated Stipe Miocic, got the takedown. Daniel Cormier won rounds two and three pretty decisively, but midway through round three, Stipe Miocic made a change and he started going to the body of Daniel Cormier and it made a huge difference in this fight. Daniel Cormier all of a sudden has to start focusing on his body and it started hurting him a lot. Then going into the fourth round, Stipe just started working the body again, and Daniel Cormier put his hands down. People say it was because he was getting cocky and lazy. That's not the case. If you watch the fight, it was because of those body shots he was taking. He put his hands down, Stipe just caught him and finished him, and came back to become the heavyweight champion. He is now, hands down, the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, and uh, we, as we don't really know what's going to happen next. I believe, I, my prediction is, Daniel Cormier will retire. Um, I hope he doesn't. I, You know what? I really don't know about this. I actually think he should retire because I don't know how well another Stipe fight would go for him. I think he should have retired after the Derek Lewis fight once he turned 40, like he said. But he, you know, it's just something in a fire. You want to keep fighting. I don't know if he's taking another Stipe fight because Stipe is a warrior. He will go for it as, you, as a scene. And he came back and became the heavyweight champion. But either way fantastic uh job by Stepe Miocic, and he became the heavyweight champion again and i'm really looking forward to see uh seeing him fight next and i believe his next opponent will be Francis Ngannou that'll be another big fight uh i think everybody thought Francis Ngannou was going to win the first one Stepe did now let's see uh what Stepe what uh Ngannou did to change it i'm i'm really looking forward to that fight and then of course if Daniel Cormier does come back for a DC versus Stipe 3 fight that'll be extremely good too so, either way, very exciting things happening at the heavyweight division. Uh, and that about does it for UFC 241. Real quick, another honorable mention for Memorable Monday. Again, we had to go to a tiebreaker, so I'm just going to briefly talk about it. Um, was Manchester City versus Tottenham Hotspur? This game was crazy. Um, it was, uh, they were going back and forth. It was Manchester City scored uh, to start off the game. Tottenham scored, then Man City scored at the 45th minute. And then Tottenham scored in the second half. Lucas Moore comes on, scores a header. It's 2-2. And then uh, we go into stoppage time. Gabriel Jesus has the ball. He shoots it, and he scores. And the entire Man City arena erupts. And then it's deja vu. VAR comes up and reverses the goal. It's not allowed. 2-2 is the final score. As a Liverpool fan, I am so happy about this because every point matters in the title race. But oh my gosh. It turns out... VAR did do its job, it found a small handball, but that rule really needs to be fixed, because even though I hate Man City, that was a goal, and they really should have scored it, it wasn't VAR's fault, it did its job, but that that handball that hand rule was pretty crazy, also another thing really quick, Um, <laughs> this is kind of funny, a new rule the Premier League has just instituted, and it's sneaky, no one really thought about this, but you know, no one really talked about this, it's hilarious, they made a new rule, uh, because of all the VAR drama, If a player leaves the stadium and goes to the VAR headquarters, they will be given a red card. The closest Premier League stadium is 15 minutes away from the VAR headquarters. So theoretically, the player would have to storm off the pitch, go out of the stadium, get in their car and go over there, and then they'd be given the red card. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. But anyway, so that about does it for that. Uh, Next up is our very exciting all-time NFL roster. Very much looking forward to that, talking with Tommy. And, uh, yeah, so quick message from our sponsor, and we'll get to that. All right, here we go. Tommy's with us now, and we're going to get you our all-time NFL roster.
1: Yeah, so the concept for this, I just need to clarify. I 100% stole from ESPN. Um, did I'm not even going to pretend like it was original idea. I like the concept of it. I wanted to hear Jack's thoughts on it. I wanted to share mine. Um, mine was mostly a mix of talent and actual production. So, obviously, I'll just give an example. Antonio Brown is one of the most talented receivers ever, right? Yeah. The difference is is that he doesn't have really the statistics up to the level that the other guys have, and he doesn't have the championship results that's kind of what i based it off of i could see him at the end of his career making my wide receiver list but um in this particular instance i don't have it um and this is going to this kind of concept uh for all time rosters is going to start to become a little bit of a theme on our uh on our page it's going to start being we'll do some for the nba mma per division soccer for just a formation of 11 uh you know, basketball, all, all the stuff, um, active players, retired, all. Yeah. Y- you get the idea. It'll end up being sort of a recurring theme. Um, so we'll take this idea and kind of run with it. Jack, why don't you start uh, – we'll just go quarterback down to kicker. Perfect. Uh, okay, and yeah. So, so yeah, quarterbacks, we pick three of them. Running backs, we pick three of them. Receivers, we pick six. Tight ends, we pick two. Uh, we did not do any offensive linemen. Uh, defensive ends, we picked two. We didn't do any defensive tackles. Uh, we kind of did D end outside linebacker. Uh, we picked four linebackers. So that is also includes outside linebackers and inside linebackers. Uh, four corners, two safeties, and one kicker. Um, so Jack, why don't you take us through your top three quarterbacks uh, in the history of the NFL?
0: All right, so um, before I get into this, it's not in any particular order, although whenever I go through certain players that are definitely the best, I'll just say that because I just kind of wrote this out. Anyways, Mm -hmm. quarterbacks-wise, top three, number one has to be Tom Brady. And this is is one of my few players actually on here that is either still – like is actually still playing. But Tom Brady Mm -hmm. has to be on here with the amount of championships he's won, stats, different players, time in the league. He has to be on this as most likely the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, In my second spot, I have Joe Montana, legendary Mm -hmm. 49ers quarterback, won five NFL championships, then went to the Chiefs and made the playoffs, proved that he could do it with any team, legendary quarterback. Um, And then my last quarterback, never won an NFL championship, but really could have on a better team, is Dan Marino. One of the most talented Ooh. quarterbacks of all time, if not the most talented quarterback
1: of all time. I think he has to make this list. Hmm. Yeah, so we have the same top two. Tom Brady won six Super Bowls. Um, he's won the – he's by himself, he has tied – he has the same amount of Super Bowls as the other teams that have won six Super Bowls, which is the most any team has won. He's literally that good um, – Consistent, he's had incredible, very good stats. Uh, he's been a top five quarterback in the NFL every, almost every year of his career, minus last year when he started to drop off a little bit. The dude's 42 and still kicking it, he's easily, I think, the goat for that position. Um, I have Joe Montana at two as well, and then at three, I have Peyton Manning. Okay, yeah, um, I have Dan marino If we were going to do down more, of that I have him at five. Um, but we're only going down to QB3, so I have Peyton Manning at three. Um, one with the Colts, one with the Broncos, one of the most talented guys ever. Um, and he does have the mix. That's why I picked him over Marino. Marino obviously has some of the best statistics of all time. But Peyton Manning has the statistics, not quite up to that standard, but he has Marino beat easily in um, championships and winning, which I think is a big... Uh, yeah, a big qualifier for being on these lists, yes. um, especially for the quarterback position. Um, now moving on to running backs, I'll go through mine. Uh, like you said, these are really in no particular order, um, but I have Barry Sanders, uh, legendary Lions running back. All three of these guys that I'm going to talk about are some of the most dominant players, period, ever. Um, so Barry Sanders at the, uh, in that top three. Emmitt Smith, legendary Cowboys running back and Walter Payton, uh, legendary Bears running back. I think any one of those guys could be number one. I would lean towards uh, Barry Sanders or Walter Payton. Uh, Payton has the statistics. Sanders has the statistics he's never won. Smith has not quite as good statistics, but did win with the Cowboys on that, what really was a super team for the era. So, Jack, what's your list for the running backs?
0: So um, I agree with you on Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. I have Walter Payton uh, first and then Barry Sanders second, Um, both legendary running backs. I think Walter Payton has to be first because he was really one of the first running backs to take the league by storm and and pave the way for other running backs. So I I put Walter Payton at first. Barry Sanders Mm -hmm. in second, uh, really, really good running back. Um, And then in third, I disagree with you. I have Eric Dickerson um, with the Rams. Mm. I just I loved what he did uh, with the Rams, and I think he was just such a dominant running back that I had to put him on this list.
1: All right. That's a pretty bold pick, but that's what we're about here at the JT Media Podcast. At a receiver, um, I'll go through my top – I'll go through my bottom three because I think there's – or I'll go through my bottom – I only really have a top one that's set. Um, My number one receiver is Jerry Rice. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's really any question about that. Uh, he is the greatest receiver of all time, for sure. Um, he always had a good quarterback throwing to him, but all of these guys did at some point in their career. Um, uh, my two receiver, uh, my two through six, can all flip around. Um, it took me this this position group took me the longest out of any position actually, just because I kept flipping with who I thought should be above the other, and eventually I just decided that it doesn't matter. So. Uh, rounding out this list I have Randy Moss uh, one of the most talented ever he did it for the Patriots he did it for the Vikings um, I think that he's he was just so good he um, he created a new term he, you, when you moss someone that's obviously because of him uh, his highlights his statistics they're incredible uh, I have Michael Irvin there's a lot of Cowboys players on this list which I don't like but the Cowboys are obviously a legendary franchise, so I have to do their players justice. I then have Terrell Owens, uh, did play for the Eagles at one point, was with us for, us for the loss to the Patriots. Um, now being compared to Antonio Brown is now being compared to Terrell Owens just because of their same kind of moodiness and uh, outright insanity for most of the things they do and say. And then I have Isaac Bruce, legendary. Rams wide receiver, does have the statistics, uh, does have kind of that pedigree like the rest of these guys. And at number six, I have Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he's getting up there on that list. He's one of the most consistent and dominant receivers of this era. He's been playing for forever. He doesn't talk. He's proves it on the field. Um, and he's a legend. Um, one of my favorite players in the league currently, yes. just because of his attitude and his preparation for the game. That's something that even that makes him a legendary player. Yeah. Um, Jack, I'm assuming you have Jerry Rice at one? Yeah,
0: well, so 100% okay. Jerry
1: Rice at one. There's there's no question All about right. that.
0: That's, yeah, he did have a great quarterback, but like you said, a lot of these guys did. Now, one guy, I will say this. I'm just going to start with this guy, um, and then the rest of it doesn't really matter. Um, the reason so I was so close to the point of, uh, putting Jerry, Larry Fitzgerald in, and I think I would whenever he retires, but as of right now, I just I wanted to give this other guy, you know, a little bit you know, of stuff because there's not that many Seahawks players that can make this, this type uh, of list. But right. Steve Largent, legendary Seahawks yep. wide receiver, got a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns with a subpar quarterback throwing to him, and mm-hmm. I just think that that's incredible for him to do to be on that high up on wide receiver stats and not have that good of a quarterback. So that's why I have I have him in my sixth position.
1: Yeah, he is one of the most legendary quarterbacks or receivers yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, underrated. Very yeah. Very and, and so that's why I put him there. But
0: Larry Fitzgerald, that was I, he would be definitely seventh. And then if whenever he retires, I would flip him with probably Steve Park. But anyways, continuing, uh Randy Moss, obviously, like you said, legendary Vikings, uh, wide receiver. Went to the Patriots, won uh well yeah, he won a Super Bowl there, right? I think he did. Um, anyways, uh, other stuff. Really legendary wide receiver. Tons of stats. Terrell Owens, like you said, he was a uh, he was like a journeyman of the NFL. Went all over the place. Still got a ton of yards. A lot of good quarterbacks thrown to him, but still did very well. Bit of a problem in the locker room, but he still is a legendary wide receiver. And you can't really talk about NFL history without mentioning his name.
1: Um, Yeah, he played for the 49ers for seven years, the Eagles for one, uh, the Cowboys for, or 49ers 96 to 2003, Eagles 04 to 05, Cowboys 06 to 08, Bills in 2009, Bengals in 2010. He bounced around a lot. Um, Yeah, so he's, but he is one of the most legendary series of all time, looking at his statistics right here had over almost 16,000 receiving yards over his career, 153 touchdowns. Those are some of the most legendary stats you'll see on this list.
0: Yeah. Um, Next, I had Chris Carter. Um, Again, a a legendary. He just got – recently, I think it was two years ago or something. he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. Um, And then, like you said, Michael Irvin, legendary Cowboys wide receiver. So,
1: that's my wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Carter was drafted by the Eagles. Just got to throw that out there. Played the majority of his career, I believe, with the Vikings. Yeah. Played 11 years with the Vikings. That's who he's known for, but he was on the Eagles for two. So technically, we count there you go. Um, as well. Um, Yeah. So the receivers, that's interesting because receivers, it's one of those positions, right? So you can look at a fullback in football or in soccer or a uh, center mid in. Also in soccer, outside winger, striker, any position really, uh, except for keeper um, or center back. When those guys, they all have very specific jobs and it's hard to judge them against each other. Yeah. Um, you know, so like a winger uh, that plays in a system where, he, or a fullback that's playing in a system that requires him to be more of a wing back and shooting up and down the sidelines, he's going to have better statistics, uh, attacking statistics, than a fullback. Where it's his job to sit back and play inside and help manage uh, that back line. So, and that's fullback that has to sit back and manage maybe better. And that's the same thing with receivers, with some of them that are uh, end zone threats and some of them that are just workhorse that you just chug it to every play until you get to the red zone. Some of them are slot guys. Some of them, you know, Jerry Rice is a lot different of a, or Fitzgerald's a lot different of a player than uh, Randy Moss, but it's, it's hard to compare them, so that list, I think especially, and especially only having six players, there's so many good wide receivers uh, in NFL history. I, ha- I had to exclude uh, Largent from my list and Chris Carter from my list just because I thought the other guys were better, Bruce Owens, Urban, and Lawson, Fitzgerald. Um, I think this is also similar when we go to our next position group, which is tight ends. So, Jack, why don't you give me your two tight ends?
0: Okay, so for my tight ends, um, we only chose two. And this is kind of tough because there's a lot of tight ends. But for me, it was two pretty clear options. Um, number one, Tony Gonzalez, recently yep. inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, stats, probably the best. Um, didn't win many championships. I, I I can't remember, did he win any? Because he, he played with the Falcons.
1: With your- no, he did not. Yeah. Just- he played with the Chiefs from 97 to 2008, and then the Falcons from 2009
0: to 2013. Yeah. So, but still,
1: if you look at the stats, it's crazy. And then recently. Yeah. Uh, I had him in my one spot, too. I'll interject yeah, and great. just give you those stats because I have them up right now. Uh, he went to the most Pro Bowls in NFL history, which was 14. Um, he then had 15,127 receiving yards. 1,325 receptions and 111 touchdowns, which is crazy. Yeah, Uh, He started – another notable statistic that I have here just on the website. Uh, He started 120 NFL games, uh, which is the second most for tight ends. Um, That's pretty incredible just from one player. So he was very clearly my number one tight end as well. Jack, go ahead with your number two. Uh, And recently
0: retired Rob Gronkowski, mainly for his Mm. contributions to – winning a lot of uh, Super Bowls. This was tough because I didn't want to put him in there originally because he didn't play for that long compared to a lot of other guys. And his right. stats weren't as good as other guys, but the amount of championships he won and the amount of impact he had on the Patriots team, I had to put him in my top two uh, tight ends of all time.
1: Yeah, so I had four guys tied for second. I had Rob Gronkowski, Jason Witten, Kellen Winslow, and Antonio Gates. Yeah. I think all of them are kind of in that same bracket. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I ended up going inevitably with Jason Witten. Um, I think his consistency with Tony Romo, at quarterback for a lot of his career, uh, which we all know isn't easy, uh, his statistics, he was solid. Um, He went to the Pro Bowl 10 times. He played for the Cowboys for 15 years, his entire career. Um, Inevitably, it ended up being the fact that he played with Tony Romo for a lot of his career uh, and a sort of other subpar quarterbacks. That's what propelled him above some other guys for me, like Antonio Gates, who's played with Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, and then Rob Gronkowski, who's played with Tom Brady. Um, and Witten's durability is the fact that he has played, did play for 15 years now, about to be 16 uh, after he unretired. That's why I put him in that list for me. Antonio Gates, they all could have also been in that bracket for me. Yeah, I exactly. agree. So, yeah, so I think that concludes for the offensive side of the ball. Well, we'll, we'll now move on pictures.
0: to or, – Or is that special teams?
1: Do you want to put that out for Yeah, the we'll, we'll do that last. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that last. So defensive ends now, um, I'll go through mine. So at defensive end of one, uh, I have Reggie White, one of the most legendary okay. defensive ends ever played for the Eagles and Packers, uh, most notably. Um did win a Super Bowl with the Packers. I think that, that he was one of those guys, and in addition to my second guy, who's Bruce Smith, uh, played for the Bills for the majority of his career. Uh, those were two guys that that's the reason, I forget where I've heard, but that's the reason why uh, tackles get paid, is to keep guys like this from doing that kind of damage. That's why you know, Khalil Mack, I think, could eventually end up falling in its bracket. Same thing with J.J. Watt. But Reggie White and Bruce Smith were some of the most dominant defensive linemen ever. Um, it's I, I didn't put Michael Strahan on here just because he had that one really good season. And, you know, what else is he really notable for? Reggie White, some of his statistics, he played for 15 years, uh, Eagles, Packers, and Panthers. Um, he was a 13-time Pro Bowler. 10-time All-Pro, and he won one NFL championship with the Packers. He was just incredible. Um, Yeah, Bruce Smith sort of also in that same bracket, played for the Bills and Redskins uh, for 18 years. He was – the guys were just so good. Look at their statistics. It's a good watch on YouTube, or look at their highlights. Good watch on YouTube. It's awesome. Jack – now that I'm done with my rant about how much I like Reggie White and Bruce Smith.
0: uh, Yeah. Believe it or not, I had the exact same top two uh, and the exact same order. Reggie White, number one. Bruce Smith, number two. Reggie White, and, and both of these guys. I'm just going to talk about both of them at the same time because they, they were very – they weren't similar playing styles, but, like, they were just such forces on the field. You knew whenever they stepped on the field that you did not want to mess with them, that they were going to be coming at you. You had to get the ball out quick or you were going down. They were dominant on the football field and legendary, legendary defensive ends.
1: Yeah, it's – it's all of these defensive players are some of the most dominant guys that have ever taken a step on a football field. Um, at linebacker now, so we'll go into those four guys. I'm just going to go quick – I'm going to do my number one, who I think is solidly my number one, and then I go through my three bottom uh, below him. Uh, I have Lawrence Taylor uh, at my number one linebacker spot. Arguably the most dominant linebacker of all time. I think he is. At number two, I have Dick Butkus. At number three, I have Bobby Bell. And at number four, I have Derek Thomas. All those guys are forces. Um, they're the reasons why you have to pay an offensive line. They're the reasons uh, why you have to pay a good tight end uh, for in the receiving game. It's just there. Linebackers are some of the most fun players to watch. Linebackers and safeties, just because of how uh, versatile they are and how much they can affect the game just by existing. Yeah. You know that if Lawrence Taylor is on that team, that you game plan around Lawrence Taylor, if you're an offensive yeah. coordinator. You you would game plan around Dick Puckett, Bobby Bell, Derek Thomas, even going back to defensive ends, Reggie Smith. You know that you cannot go to that side of the field unless you have something that would neutralize them. And neutralizing them was hard to do. Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, what was your work for linebacker group?
0: So I, I agree with you on, so number one, I I had Lawrence Taylor, dominant, Uh and, and then I had also Derek Thomas. But then I had two more mm-hmm. recent guys. I had Ray Lewis, uh, mm, legendary yeah. Ravens, Linebacker and also Brian Erlacher. Um, mm, yep, two very good guys and the, and just like you said, whenever these guys, especially linebacker, uh, you you have to. There are certain guys that just are so good for the NFL, even for the NFL, that you cannot pass or run their way because you're not going to get anything on them. It's it's like Aaron Donald, like you you, you know, he, not not a linebacker, but still Khalil Mack. And right, you have to think about where you're going or you're not gonna get anything going off of that side. It's and it's just not gonna happen. And these
1: guys have yeah. dominated the NFL for so long. Yeah, it's um those guys and there's lots of linebackers. Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher are two really solid picks on my five and six. Um a lot of these positions are really even the guys that I didn't put on my list, there are lots of them that are just as good. Um, that I just had to exclude by way of we had a hard cap of four. Um, so that kind of goes into my corner list. Um, I'll go into those really quick. I have Deion Sanders as the greatest corner of all time. He's one of the guys on this list. I have him. his card displayed on my desk. Um, his, his, he's just one of the most fun players to watch. Uh, then I have Rod Woodson at two, Charles Woodson at three, and then Willie Brown at four. Uh, more just dominant corners that um, you know they change the pace of the game. They shut down that number one receiver you have. It's these are like these are more of those guys that an offensive coordinator you game plan around. That you say we can pretty much take out our number one receiver out of our game plans just because Deion Sanders, Rob Woodson, and Charles Woodson, Willie Brown, any of those guys are on him. They're they're that good. Uh, Jack, go
0: ahead with yours. So, yeah, hands down, Deion Sanders, best cornerback of all time. I don't know if anybody will ever be able to catch up to what he did in the NFL, the way he took the NFL by storm. Even when offense, like, usually you focus on the offense when they line up against the defense. Whenever that happened, they were always focusing on Deion Sanders because he was such a good lockdown cornerback. Um, for sure, that's the number one. And number two, I have Charles Woodson, uh, very good player. Again, another lockdown corner. It was hard to pass by him. Uh, another one I had, which was one of the uh, last old-style cornerbacks, the way he played, is uh, Jarrell Revis. Uh, played for the Jets for a long time. Um, and then, and last, Ty Law, legendary Patriots
1: cornerback. All really good guys. Yeah, there you go. So, at safety, this is um, one of my favorite positions, actually, just because of what these guys can do. Yeah. Um, Not as much anymore. You don't see as many of these guys that kind of hard-nose their entire job on the field is to hurt you Yeah, kind of players. Yeah, Um, I have one of those kind of guys on here. I have Ronnie Lott. He's the best safety of all time. Another dude that I have his card displayed on my desk, his football card, just because he's such an entertaining player. Uh, Played for the 49ers. Incredible. At my second safety spot, I have one of my favorite players of all time, Brian Dawkins. Weapon X, played most of his career with the Philadelphia Eagles. This dude is, I think, the most entertaining defensive player of all time. Obviously, that's biased as an Eagles fan. Um, But just his highlights, dude, this guy would send people flying off the field. Yeah, He'd send them flying five feet after they catch the ball, and they wouldn't end up catching the ball. It was – this dude would fly around, and his entire goal – was to make you regret that you played football. Yeah. And that's the kind of an attitude that I like from defensive players. And Brian Dawkins had probably the best, I think, of one of those ads attitudes of all time. Uh, you know, Ray Lewis, those kind of guys, obviously, up there at Reed. Um, at safety, what do you have? So,
0: yeah, it, it would be
1: very easy to go with the guys you chose. But I went with who
0: I think is the most entertaining defensive player, uh, safety especially, but in my opinion, defensive player of all time. And that's Troy Polamalu. Um, oh, yeah. Dealer safety. Now, he, his stats do not match up. But whenever he went on the field, he was so fun to watch. From just blocking kicks to making diving interceptions, hitting people. Mm-hmm. He was so fun to watch. You could not take your eyes off of this guy. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. why I have him on this. Obviously, you, you remember the le- the legendary intercept where he, he dove and then got the ball on the intercept. I love this guy. Uh, and I don't even like the Steelers, but he was a fantastic player. And then yeah. um, I had Ed Reed. And yeah. this was – this this was uh, this, again, safety is such a tough position, just like linebacker and cornerback. because there's so many players that you want to put on there. But in the end, I had to go right. with Ed Reed is because I think he dominated the field when he was on there. He not only made big plays, but he made smart plays too. And he picked out who, who he needed to cover, and he was a part of one of the most dominant defenses that ever – and the Ravens. So um I had to give him credit for that. And uh obviously he got inducted to the hall of fame recently. So those are my two safeties.
1: Yeah. I have them at three and four respectively. Um Ronnie Lott was just so legendary. Brian Dawkins was in kind of in the same bracket as Palomalu, uh, where I, they're just so entertaining. Yeah. They were such a force that you had to put them on the list. Ed Reed also very good. Yeah. Um At kicker. I have, I think the oldest player in the NFL that's still active, Adam Vinatieri, um, instrumental in, I think what two of the Patriots Super Bowl wins. He was there for what three? Yeah, and, yeah. So he kicked the winning field goal that beat the Eagles uh, in two thousand two thousand five. Was a Super Bowl. Uh two thousand what year? Yeah, it was two thousand five when the Super Bowl was actually played. Two thousand four, two thousand five season. Um. He was – He he's still so good. Uh, he has the record for the most field goals made in NFL history. Most he has points the most, scored in NFL, most NFL points. history. He's, he scored 2,600 points. That's a lot. Um, he was – he's won four Super Bowls, uh, I think one with the Colts and three with the Patriots. Actually started off his career in the European NFL Football League. Um with the Amsterdam Admirals, then went to the Patriots, and uh, yeah, see here you go. He spent the fall of 1995 training with them. Um, it's just he's so he's such a consistent kicker. He's been consistent since 1996 when he first started playing for the Patriots. I think that is just incredible what he's been able to do, and he's still kicking. He's 46. He was born in 1972. He's 46 years old, and he's still pretty – uh oh, he's he's so consistent. The fact that he's still around at this age, I think it just shows you how good he really is. Yeah. So he was
0: my number two, and it's weird because he is probably he – he'll probably go down as the greatest kicker of all time. But – or maybe. I don't know. I have this guy instead – who I believe would be your number two, second most points scored in NFL history, Morton Anderson. Played for the Mm. Saints, the Falcons a little bit. Scored a ton of points. And at a time where kicking, people say now kicking is a lot harder. And to an extent, that is true. Like point after attempts are backed up and everything. But at that time, not that many people kicked. Like people are still kicking with their toes and everything. Morton Anderson was one of the most consistent kickers ever and played for a long time, second most points scored in NFL history at a, at a time where many people didn't know how to kick correctly and, and dominated the league. So that's why he is my number one kicker of all time. And I'm sorry, very close number two. But those guys mm-hmm. are are legendary, legendary kickers that you can rely on. And many teams need right. to find that today. But the kicker position is so... Uh, so um, how do I say this? It's it's not it's limited. There's not that um, array like yeah. running backs, wide receivers that can just come in and, and you can choose to like draft and everything. It's a very limited position that teams need to get right, and uh, you see it from the Bears, even my Seahawks, the Vikings. You there have, you have these teams that could be winning. The Seahawks have got twelve and four two years ago. Instead, we went nine and seven because we had Blair Walsh who missed a ton of field goals. So it's such yep. a very – it's such a vital position to have, and these
1: guys mm-hmm. were, the best to, they were the best to do it. Yeah, it's – the difference, I think, with that is – so there's about, honestly, the same amount of starting-caliber quarterbacks that I'm comfortable having yeah. as there is starting-caliber kickers. Quarterbacks control the field when they're on there. The kickers are the only people that can do their job. Yeah. How often do you see a field goal get blocked? Or how often – The worst, the best kickers. The only time they ever miss is when it's a botched hold or it gets blocked. Their their job is minimally dependent on the holder and the the offensive the special teams line uh, that is attempt when they're attempting the field goal. Those kickers, like Morton Anderson, like Adam Vinatieri, uh, like Justin Tucker, like Dan Bailey when he was when he was with the Cowboys, um, they're all. Their entire jobs are centered on their mental preparation and their ability to stay cool in those situations. Yeah. And Morton Anderson is one of the best. Adam Vantelli is one of the best. Justin Tucker is still doing some of the best. And, you know, a lot of those guys that you, that are currently playing today, uh, David Akers when he played for the Eagles and 49ers, Jay, uh, Jake Elliott, kicker for the Eagles right now, all of those kind of guys are – they, their jobs. All the starters are completely dependent on themselves. It's a really underappreciated position because kicking field goals is hard. Yeah, and especially in a game when you're playing in front of seventy thousand people, and you, the entire outcome of the game is dependent on you kicking it in between uprights fifty-five yards away, is insane. So, like Morton Anderson, that's a really good pick. I picked Vinatieri just because he's done it on the big stage a lot. It's it's just very impressive. Yep.
0: All right, so I think that about does it for our special JT Media Weekly update. More of this will be coming with, uh, again, soccer, MMA, uh, NBA, all that stuff. This was fun. Uh, thanks for listening to the JT Media Podcast. Nice. This is yeah. This is JT
1: Media, your podcast for the latest in sports news.